Ready? Go! I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. I play video games. It's the constant drive to be the best at something. When you want your name written into history, you have to pay the price. The fact of the matter is, Bill is the best classic arcade gamer of our era. I've probably seen Steve with tears in his eyes more than any other guy I know. Oh, he's just come up short in a lot of things in his life, and I just think, nobody wants to do that all the time. Well, Donkey Kong, without question, is the hardest game. That's a tough machine. People think that the machine is possessed. The average Donkey Kong game doesn't last a minute. It's absolute brutality. Mysterious player from the West Coast, Steve Weeb is here. He could beat it if he... He'd have to have a really good game. You want to put a score up, you're competing against everybody in the world. It's not even about Donkey Kong anymore. He's a very devious person. He works things out to his ends very well. Well, Billy Mitchell always has a plan. Headquarters gonna help you. Well, maybe they'd like it if I lose. I gotta try losing sometime. No matter what I say, it draws controversy. It's sort of like the abortion issue. And welcome back to the film broadcast. Boy, do we have a film for you. A first of anything, a first documentary, a first time we're gonna go pure geekdom. In the world of the Kong of Donkeys, otherwise known as Donkey Kong, a fist, uh, the King of Kong in this case, a fist full of quarters. Yes. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, this was a film that you'd mentioned quite a while back, wasn't it, when we were looking at one of the films to do? Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I, I watched it and I found it compelling. I really did. I, I watched it twice, uh, or two and a half times. I, I enjoyed it that much. Two and a half, two and a half, two and a half. Every time you watch it, you, you pick something different up, don't you? I know, and at the time, to like the casual viewer, starring absolutely no one famous by a relatively unknown director at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's about computer games. I mean, I play computer games a lot. We play them online together. and We do. You beat me numerous times. I mean, what's your early memories of uh, kind of the computer systems? Probably like my friend's first Nintendo, or going to, going to the arcades in the 80s down the beach and stuff. Yeah. Uh, for example, things like Donkey Kong being there, things like Spy Hunter, and later on, obviously, your Street Fighter yeah. and stuff down the arcades. I mean, I mean, what about yourself? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Um, like with the uh, the coin ops, the Donkey Kong and Starfighter, obviously Space Invaders. Um, Were you the last Starfighter, though? I was last in the list of winners. Ah, uh, okay. That's about <laughs> it. But, um, but yeah, then I had the, the pocket games, like Nintendo, Pocket Donkey Kong, you know, like the folding... Um, kind of games consoles yes. small ones that took those flat batteries I mean I had those and I can honestly say um, Defender as well which I've, I really enjoyed that I was never good at Donkey Kong No, no it was no. a really really hard game to play I might get past the first screen yeah. and then that would be it I never got a kill screen 
No, I will never ever. I never knew what the bloody hell a kill screen was. No, uh, until someone called Brian Kurt introduced it to me several times, too many times actually, <laughs> if, I, if I remember, if any of you seen the film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the film came out in two thousand and seven. Uh, the King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters. It's basically about. Um, it's basically about who can be the best at Donkey Kong. Uh, and, it, and two people, not starring, but two people, because it is a documentary, Steve Wiebe, the challenger, and the reigning champion, obviously, a, a Billy Mitchell. Um, interestingly, the film was initially just, the film's original title was simply The King of Kong. It was later uh, received the subtitle of Fistful of Quarters. A scripted film adaption is also in the works, apparently. Which I didn't oh, really? Know. Yeah, yeah, it's been rumoured. It's been rumoured for some time. Um, director Zeth, Zeth Gordon has said that a movie, uh, a movie might be a sequel instead of a remake, telling the story of how the documentary uh, changed both men's lives, as well as their continuing, continuing rivalry. The film's uh, DVD release was on January the 29th, 2008. And interestingly, um, the, uh, Zeth Gordon and I think his uh, colleague, Ed Cunningham, they shot more than 300 hours of the film to make the documentary. I had no idea of that until obviously... No. Yeah. The film was dedicated to the memory of Doris Self, who appeared in the film, but died before its release, unfortunately. She the one with a Q-Bert? I believe, yeah, previous holder of the Q-Bert record and title of oldest game champion. See, yeah. I, again, Q-Bert was someone who I'd never come across until I saw Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, no, I, I, I knew who Q-Bert was. Yeah, I didn't know who Q-Bert was. And uh, is anyone I saw Wreck-It Ralph and then I saw this... I thought, that's who Cuba uh, is. Oh, there you go. Now yeah, you know. Exactly. So, so see, educa- <laughs> educational for all. Um, yeah, I mean, interestingly, the film was initially meant to be, at the, uh, was meant to have a look at the life and times of people that go for records on these old-style coin-ups. Yeah. Hence, I think, the 300 hours. So there's a lot more footage actually shot. Yeah. But I think with all documentaries, I think you need a story for it to be, re- you know, to be gripping, entertaining, and to appeal to the mass audience. And obviously... They, the story of Steve Wiebe and Billy Mitchell, they couldn't really ignore. And it made, it made ultimately, I think, for an absolutely fantastic documentary. Yeah, I mean, I thought the structure of the, the documentary was really, really good. Uh, and it was done in a way that it was so compelling and addictive to watch because it was so interesting. I mean, I understand now that, the, from speaking to you, he's done a bit of more research in it, that they could have had a, a few more facts in there. Absolutely. But it would have lessened the tension. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I mean, that's something we'll go into a bit as well. I mean, this is the first time we've reviewed, reviewed a documentary, so I've got no idea where we'll end up on this journey, Stu. Uh, obviously, Graham's off. Uh, he, he felt that it was too nerdy looking at a documentary for a yeah, well, computer cool, case. No, yeah, exactly. So, so I wouldn't expect Graham to do anything that's nerdy, because uh, even when we went no. to Comic-Con, he was. He felt threatened in the environment of being with so many geeks. He did. He and did. Nerds, he did. And he kept having to prove himself that he wasn't a nerd. No, I completely which was, agree. Which is must of our amusement. I know, and he's the only person that can pull off wearing sunglasses in December indoors. He's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's that. <laughs> he's that cool. Um, anyway, in uh, Iowa, Walter Day it begins. Obviously, founded this Twin Galaxies. Now, Twin Galaxies was uh, a coin up an arcade place. You know, and, and unfortunately, it obviously folded in the big crash. I think um, 1986, I think it obviously went, went under. But initially, they even appeared on TV. And the Twin Galaxies, there was this idea of, you know, we tour basically America looking looking for champions, you know, and, and having these events. An organisation formed to keep track, as it says here, of high scores achieved in arcade games. Uh, Billy Mitchell, having achieved the highest ever score on Donkey Kong Centipede in the 1980s, he remains a video ga- a game legend to this day, one way or another. And Twin Galaxies um, has now become like this, this massive global organisation. Mitchell 
in this, in obviously this film, is portrayed as unbashedly cocky, and he's very fond of self self promotion, proclaiming himself the sauce king of Florida for a successful line of homemade hot sauces. That's basically come from his family's restaurant. He's basically used that his family's restaurant down, I think, in a, I, th- I think it was Orlando, Florida, but down in Florida, and basically you uh, use that to obviously do his hot sauce. Fair play to him, yeah. you know. Um, n- and next to his family, Mitchell considers his arcade scores to be his greatest life achievements. But it I mean, wasn't only Donkey Kong. No, it was. He had a he had a number of I mean centipede. He had a number of records. I think uh, possibly Donkey Kong Junior as well. Um, a yeah, Donkey, Kong, rec- Donkey Kong Junior and centipede in the charts that he held all, um, all of those at the same time. And that's what Steve Weeby broke every single one, didn't he? He did break centipede. I think he was. The documentary does mention he did beat the Donkey Kong. His mate mentioned Steve Weeby's friend yeah. mentions um, he broke the Donkey Kong champion. But but interestingly, you've got. Um, I forgot where I was going to go now. Yeah, um, one of one of Billy, Mitch, Billy Mitchell's friends. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think possibly Todd Rogers. He's the man. You know, Mr. Awesome. Oh yes. No, no, not Mr. Awesome. No, 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 not Mr. Awesome. No, no, uh, Todd Rogers. I think he's the man that uh, um, put a bogus score out there and made everyone believe that he was really the Donkey Kong champion. At yeah, first. it was when they had the um, photograph for Time Magazine. Yeah, that's with, it. With the, the kind of the best. Gamers, yeah, and he so. submitted a false score, and then Billy Mitchell kind of like they played live against each other, yeah. and he and fair play to Billy, he completely he completely destroyed him, but I mean that's basically Billy Mitchell, Billy Mitchell's character, cocky, very very uh, fond of self promotion, yeah. likes his little sayings. For example, what is it? I never forget one thing that really epitomizes him in the documentary. He sits there, says, "Look at me. Well, what three initials do you think?" Yeah. You know, he says, look at me, what three initials do you think yeah. I use? Like B, R, Billy, B, M, yeah. no. And he goes, USA. Yeah. And, and you think, dick, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's going to be a lot more hate for this guy as his docu- documentary goes on. Yeah. Um, now, on the other side of the country, in Redmond, Washington... Sorry, he also speaks about the Red Baron as well, doesn't he? The Red Baron, oh yeah, he goes, oh. yeah, yes, he can... He speaks about the Red Baron and loosely compares himself to the Red Baron. He said, World War II, a lot of pilots, the best one being the Red Baron because he shot down the most people. Yeah. Yeah? So no one, no one remembers the second guy. He does. He mentions it, who it is. Yeah. But, and he kind of compares himself to the Red Baron. Yeah. And, and, and obviously, if none of you have seen it, which is a shame, stop and watch it now. But he's got, he kind of wears these USA ties, shirt, and he's got, I can't really explain his haircut. It, he looks like a Bond villain from the late 70s, early 80s, almost. Yeah. When, like when a I yuppie saw, type. Because when I saw him, I could imagine the person to play his character would be Will Ferrell. Yeah. You know? Because <laughs> he'd do it in such a dry sense of humour. And he looks like a joke, doesn't he? He does. With his American scarf, he's got his yep. mullet. And he's he grooming himself, isn't he? Yes. Uh, and it's just so funny. It looks like a character who is a joke, who's doing it to take the piss out of himself. He does, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't explain it. Um, now, on the other side of the country, uh, employee Steve Weeby has been laid off as a Boeing engineer, and he spends his time as a science teacher. Lovely profession. Yeah. Uh, his, his friend and his wife, Nicole, describe him as an unfortunate figure who seems to always come up short. Yeah. He does have OCD. And he's always he's been known as being you know very good at music, sports, art, mathematics. He was yeah. a star baseball pitcher, but was injured and unable to pitch in the state championship. You know, and they kind of make out that his one his one big failure that might have cost him. Yeah. and he was like the nearly man, the yeah. man that never could quite could quite get it. And he's also a gifted drummer, but he doesn't mm. really care to perform. Now, obviously, he's preparing to get back into the workforce. Weeby begins going to night school to get a master's degree. 
Um, and uh, during that, he obtained a Donkey Kong machine to play in his garage as a pastime. And after reading uh, Billy Mitchell's record of 874,300 on the internet, he focuses on mastering Donkey Kong. Uh, and he, ultimately, I mean, the video they show, the show of him, yeah. he beats the score. He get, he's the first one to break him, really, 1,006,000. Uh, and uh, uh, his poor wife, I mean, what would your wife think? If you, if you came home, yeah. Mr. Stewart... What do you think? If you carry the Donkey Kong machine saying, look, I'm going to try and beat the record. How'd that, how'd that go uh, in, in the Stuart household? Well, well, it's interesting because uh, when they play these games, yeah. I mean, on the PS4, I love playing um, Hardline. Battlefield Hardline, yeah. yeah. Before so, that, it was Titanfall on the Xbox. Yeah, before it was Titanfall, yeah. And uh, it was Call of Duty, etc. But if I play a game, yeah. it's, a team deathmatch will last, if you play two, say 20 minutes, something like that. When they play a game... It lasts two and a half hours for one game. Yep. Because they are that good. So there's no way. I just want to play one quick game. No, and you've got to wait that. there. And it's an obsession. And, and um, Steve Wiebe's parents said that we think he's kind of got OCD or he's kind of autistic possibly. Because Slightly, yeah. everything he does, he throws everything into it and he's obsessed with being perfect at it. Yes. Uh, so uh, that's kind of the character he's like. But I don't know whether it's the way these things are edited. I don't know if it's so much in this way because all of Billy Mitchell's friends do seem absolute arseholes. Including the referee, really, up yeah. until the end. Yeah, you're, no, you're, it's had Todd, Todd Rogers. You're absolutely right. I mean, and going back to, as you mentioned, Steve Weber's OCD, yeah. you kind of almost have that whole A Beautiful Mind equation montage when he's, when yeah. he's drawing on the screen the way the barrels go yeah. with Donkey Kong. Um, which I thought was in, which I thought was quite interesting. And Weeby submits this tape to, to, to Twin Galaxies. Uh, what do you think of the tape? He, he's there scoring. He nearly gets a million, and then wipe my butt is the yeah. son. Yeah. He's going, Dad, no, get off the Donkey Kong machine. But isn't he good? He, like, I know, I know it's that distraction. Geeky, that is fantastic. Isn't that it? distraction, yeah. And he's like, well, I'm going to break the world record. I'm going to break the world record. And he's like, no, no. And he just carries yeah. on, and it is perfect. There's. It's, it's continuity throughout the whole thing, and yeah. he breaks it, and he gets the million, doesn't he? He does, he does. Finishes it, yeah. gets oh. the uh, kill screen, which would excite Brian Kerr if he was yeah. there. Yeah, I was so pleased for that. I, I was, and he submits a tape, propels him to becoming a local celebrity for the next few weeks as the new record holder. Now, it starts to get controversial now, doesn't it? Uh, after that, it's quite friendly, because yeah. even Billy Mitchell, he's kind of like arrogant, but they don't really... I feel at that point, the film doesn't portray him negatively. He, he is confident, he is cocky, and yeah. it's very much you make up your own mind up until this point about, about Billy Mitchell as well, the, the way they've introduced the two yeah. protagonists almost. And they've done it in the, the, the right kind of time frame where yeah. they haven't shown Billy Mitchell to be an asshole or his little legion no. of um, followers. Little, absolutely. And it's only, as you say, when he breaks that record that um, everything changes, doesn't it? And it, the dynamics it does, change it does. completely. Now, Mitchell uh, sends his self-styled protege, retired banker turned pro gamer. I think I think Brian. Kerr, now, now bearing in mind later on that Steve Weeby completely destroys him. Pro gamer, pro gamer is completely debatable, really. I think. Yeah. But um, anyway, but he, he describes himself as uh, Billy Mitchell's protege. Yeah, and that he thought he was going to be the first one to get the kill screen. Yeah, and he really believed he was to the uh, point where he almost damages his car. Yeah. And yeah, that's really comical, isn't it? It's like a yes. sketch from The Office. Yeah. And you see him slam the bonnet, or the, the boot of his car. And Dwight. Walk, walk, yeah, Dwight. It is a Dwight moment. <laughs> yeah. it and it's so funny. And if this was a film, that's exactly who would play him as well, yeah. I think. That's it. And he yeah. has a go, and he turns around and goes, 
yeah, I got, only got... I mean, 300,000 is very good. But he'll say, yeah, I only got 300,000. Uh, it's like a phantom barrel. You, you can't really odds that. He makes excuses up. But he's still... He's like the Padawan to... Not a very good one, though. Yeah, to everyone else. It, yeah, yeah, self-proclaimed. That's all he is. I'm a self-proclaimed champion. Anyone can be that. You don't yeah. agree? But he's a knob. I completely concur. Um, yeah, and they investigate Weeby's machine. Now, Kerr finds us. Now, be- before we actually get into the actual machine, they-, they go around to the house. The wife's like, No, you're not coming into my garage. And they pretty much enter the garage anyway. And, start- yeah. and if the documentary is to be believed, they start damaging, you know, taking things from the machine and stuff, and yeah. taking pictures. Yeah, it's because. Now, but, but it's surely because- in England, that's almost burglary. Yeah, and it's because. Um, and it is nonsense. Because the adjudicator on the Twin Galaxies is Billy Mitchell, isn't it? He's one of the yeah. He's one of the adjudicators. Yeah. How can that? How, how can that happen? Yeah, which makes a, a laughing stock of um, is it Brian Day? No, uh, Walter, Walter Day. Day sorry, yeah. Walter Day trying to be like the re- the referee and saying it's um, straight down the line and we're independent, and that it's not that they go through his uh, machine and they take the circuit boards apart and they're taking pictures of the different circuit boards. And that's when they find um, There's a slight a difference. Well, I, I think it's... They only find a slight difference. Or there isn't really a slight difference, is there? It's, they find a box, don't they, from... Is it Schmidt? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They find a box from Roy Schultz. Schultz, A self-styled it. guru and pickup pick artist who claims to hold the high score for Missile Command. Now, yeah... Um, He's Mr. Awesome, isn't he? You've seen a few of his videos. Oh, his videos. No man has ever got a woman for being nice. Or well, yeah. pretty much a nice. Yeah, and he said, if you want to get hold of some poutine, you poot. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Yeah, we're going back to Porky's era here. Brilliant. Uh, he's a yeah. Well, he's a trope of himself. He isn't, isn't he? He just wanted to be famous for a day as well. He yeah. he never got the recognition. He was jealous. Yeah, and he admits that, doesn't he? He does. He does admit that, and. And I'm sure, with no doubt, the way the documentary goes, he does, he does not like Billy Mitchell. And no. he would like to say, I'm sure he would like to see Billy Mitchell embarrassed, yeah? Yeah. But I, don't, I, I really don't think that that machine uh, is, was bugged or wrong or anything no. like that. I don't think so. I think that the, the picture portrayed of um, Steve Wiebe is one of... He is a family man. He's dedicated to his family. Um, and he's unless, straight, he's going for the champ, unless he's going for the record. Yeah, yes, yeah, going for the record, but he doesn't come across as the person who will break the rules because no. he will go to like um, play live in front of people on different machines. It's not like he's he still does that. You can YouTube it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he Comic Con 2013, he got a kill screen. Yeah, so he's he's that kind of person. Um, so I just think it's adjudicated by Billy Mitchell, the person whose record's been broken, and for some reason. Everyone licks his geezer's ass, don't they? I know, absolutely. I mean, unbeknownst to Webby, Schultz and Mitchell, as we're talking about, have been nemesis for years since uh, Mitchell caused uh, Schultz's high score to be brought down under scrutiny, preventing him from receiving official recognition from Twin Galaxies. And since then, Schultz has been looking for a way to exact clandestine revenge, it's got here, thanks to Wikipedia, on on obviously Mitchell. Now, based on Weeby's association with Shields, the staff of Twin Galaxies suspect that Weeby's board might have been tampered with and that he may have uh, have achieved his score dishonestly. Who's the the guy with the glasses and the curly hair? Um, He's kind of uh, the... Oh, I forgot now. He is... No, he's not Brian Kerr. He's the other guy, and I forgot his name. He's the one who's like the understudy to um, Walter Day, isn't he? Walter Day... Uh, Robert Robert Murzik, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's the chief referee. Yeah. What did you think of him? 
I didn't think he was planning down the line. I, I thought, again, he was one of the followers. I think he of, was, yeah. Do you think he was planning down the line? No, no, no. You thought he was a follower of Billy Mitchell? Yeah, because he said, because he even said, <laughs> you know, Roy Shedd would love nothing more than to take down Billy Mitchell and to discredit yeah. Twin Galaxies, etc. But I don't think, yeah, I mean, they, as you said, they found, they found this box and you kind of feel that, why were they there to begin with, number mm. one, after, after doing that? With that and the, it's the way they did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not knocking the door. Oh, do you mind if we can have a look at? Because let's be honest, Steve Reby, if he was there, and I'm sure if they knocked on the door, if he had a free yeah. like hour, I'm I'm pretty sure he's the type of bloke that would have gone. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Yeah. What powers have they got? They've got entry. I know. They've got no powers of entry. They're not no, they the don't. The I know. FBI. I know. In England, they, you need a thing called a warrant or something to enter someone's house yeah. potentially. Yeah. Who are you? Oh, Twin Galaxies. Go on then. Oh, oh, right, go on then. Yeah. We're just taking your PlayStation Four. Yeah. There's no point arguing. Yeah. There's no way you got 30 headshots in that last game of Battlefield. Yeah? Look, there's a dodgy board here somewhere. I'd agree to that. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a turbo button in your controller. Um, yeah, I don't know, but it's, it's pretty bad when you think about it. Yeah, and they were governed. And the person, once they, they kind of got their evidence, they gathered it. But I think they already report, made their mind up. Yeah, the but they, they would report back to Billy Mitchell, which is a joke. But it got worse. This whole reporting back to Billy got worse throughout the documentary. Oh, I, was, uh, I, I, I was getting angry. Uh, it was it was pathetic. Now, um, yeah. Uh, so, so based on Weeby's association with Shield, the staff from Galaxy suspect that Weeby's board might have been tampered with, and that may have he, he may have been achieved the score dishonestly, and as a result, his score gets taken off, which destroyed him because he was on the news. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of a, a, a town celebrity, wasn't he? Do you think? Part of it makes me wonder that also, if if it wasn't made such a big deal on the news, whether they would have done it as well, you know, it's high profile. I don't know. I'm assuming think, they probably would have done. I think they would have yeah. done. Like, I think they would have done anything so Steve Weeby couldn't have had that score of over a million. Because bear in mind, he would have been the first person to clock over a million, wasn't yeah. he? So he wanted to discredit him in any way possible, and he kind of he um, Billy Mitchell didn't really need to do that. Because he had so many henchmen yeah. um, who was going to do it for him. He was in it's ultimate sad, control. It? I mean, most of the, the shots, he, it wasn't him leaving his house. It was people doing stuff for him, which was ridiculous. Sad. Uh, yeah, and it just made a whole sham of um, Twin Galaxies, really. It, 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 yeah, you're right, actually. For, for, especially considering later on, and even before, um, uh, I think he mentioned when the documentary started, that they did have an affiliation with, uh, for example, the Guinness Book of Records. Yeah. Yeah, and now in order to prove his gaming skills, uh, Weeby travelled to Funsport Arcade in uh, New Hampshire to perform a, a high score live between galaxies. Found a Walter Day and other high-ranking members of Twin Galaxies. And Funspot is the is the kind of mecca for yeah yeah yeah. It's, it's got these, all these old machines. Yeah. What did you think of the the people they interviewed there, uh, like the start of the film and throughout the film? They interviewed a lot of kind of gamers. A lot of them, like myself, but a lot of them were cliche. You could tell they're geeks, nerds, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be. I'm not. I am stereotyping. But if you can, if you think of a stereotype, if I said to you, there's a guy that is obsessed with uh, uh, you know coin ups, and he's about thirty, mid thirties to early forties mm. year old. That a lot of them are probably the image you'd conjure up in your head. I know yeah. that's. I know that's not very nice. Yeah, but it's true. But I loved it. The, when they said, I don't drink, I don't take drugs, I'm just addicted to gaming. That's brilliant. I love that line. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. But they were, they were kind of very passionate about what they did, and they were very harmless people, and I'd hate to think how much they spent down at the fun spot. 
Oh, it must be late. They must have just caned it in. They really must have done. And there's so many games there. But they were all... It's a place where you can go to play all old-school yeah. retro coin-up games, which I really, really liked. And if you want to break a record, that's where you go to do it, isn't no, it? I think, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I, yeah, I love it. I'd love somewhere like that here. Yeah. I mean, the closest we got... We used to have a Trocadero down in London, but I think that's about it. Yeah. And, there's, you know, it's not as big as it used to be. But No, it's kind of the more modern, the better game. Yes, yeah, yeah, and you've got all these silly, like, um, especially down at the beach now, you don't really have coin-ups anymore, you've got these whole, get a token for, like, it's almost like gambling for kids, really, isn't it? Like, get yeah. all these balls in the hole, uh, smash all these things on the head, yeah, tokens, I'm trying to... Well, I, I, there's nothing I said there that can be taken another way. Smash, <laughs> I said smash the balls in the hole and the things on the head, there's nothing that can be taken out of context. I know, I'm just really immature. Well, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad... Josh and Graham aren't here. That could have gone a different way. Um, okay, so, our, our mate Weeby, he's there. Hope you can find Mitchell and, and play head-to-head. Mitchell does not attend, which is a massive exclamation mark. He sends Kerr to observe Weeby's play. Bear in mind, it is only something like 20 minutes from his home address, isn't it? I think, no, no, that was the last time. That, that was the last, towards the end of the documentary, I think. Oh, was it? it? Yeah. Um, I, I forgot now. I know... I don't know whether they're at Funsport right at the end or whether it's somewhere else. We'll have to, yeah. I'll have to check that. But yeah, at one point, it is only about 10 minutes yeah, or 10 miles or something like that. From, yeah, compared, considering the fact that he's travelled like 300 or something stupid like that. It was 3,000 miles, wasn't it? No, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Um, so he sends Brian Kerr just prior to the kill screen. Kerr is seen gathering a large crowd to witness Weeby's achievement and Weeby reached the kill screen and also achieved the new world record of 985. But before he did that, sorry. Um, that's right. He, he was floating around, and that's when he kind of was a self-proclaimed prodigy of yeah. uh, Billy Mitchell. And he walked along, and he said, oh, this is uh, Steve Weeby, the boy from the West Coast. Uh, yeah, he, he's kind of the stranger out of town, kind of really trying to belittle him, really, yes. wasn't he? And it's an earshot of um, Steve sitting down playing the game. And then he reports back, and I'm so pleased the cameras follow him. And as the scores progress from what Steve Weeby's getting, he runs back and rings Mitchell... Yeah, he's now on uh, 300,000, he's on uh, One Life still. Yeah. And then he goes back again and reports on 700,000. And you kind of think, Jesus, you, you're such a creep. This yep. guy is a real creep. There are no nice qualities. Whether it's been edited like that, um, so you get that impression. If it is, the, the editor did an amazing job. Because he comes across as someone who is just a wannabe and, and is desperate to hang on and be in that clique of Billy Mitchell. And he keeps reporting back... And when, as you say, when he's going to get the kill screen, um, the gets kill the screen is because when you play these old style cult games, that they basically you use the memory on the game. You cannot go any further. That all of the memory is used up, yeah. and the game kind of theoretically crashes, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Um, and your scores recorded. So, um, and he says, "Oh, he's going to get the kill screen." So, and that's when he says, "I thought I was going to be the first one to get that." Not that he's ever stood a chance of getting anywhere near it. And as he walks around the arcade telling everyone... It says that at the end of the documentary, Brian still hasn't seen a kill screen or something. Yeah, that's it, yeah, which is great. But it's the way he tells people. It's it's just trying to psychologically put Steve Wiebe off, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to get a kill screen here. We're going to get a kill screen here. What an arsehole. And he doesn't clap, does he? Everyone else claps when he gets it. He doesn't like it. Uh, Yes, which makes you think, as as you mentioned nothing earlier after after we first uh, watched it, he's doing that to try and put, obviously, Weeby off, as you were saying. And I completely... I never really saw it that way. I just thought he'd been a bit of an arse. But no, I think you're absolutely right. Especially when he doesn't doesn't clap. No. 
just, no. just stands there. Just stands there looking quite upset, really. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Now, he achieved, obviously, 985, right? And then uh, Mitchell immediately... Well, after doing it, Mitchell immediately sends a low-quality... Uh, they've got a VHS to fun spot. And now, the interesting thing is they all get up in this cabin to watch it, but Weeby's not invited. Why? Why? Because it's a... Cl- I don't understand... You know, and, and, and at one point, I'm sure it's been, we be even asked to see the video, and they went, yeah, sorry, it's a one-time it. play only. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking, fucktard, fucking idiot, pardon yeah. my language. Or, but that's when Twin Galaxies should have been involved. And, but again, the adjudicator was the person who set the record, um, who's with Twin Galaxies, and Twin Galaxies agreed that it was fine. And, and they had all of his hangers-on, as you say, in the wooden cabin... And they're playing, they're all eating pizza and just, uh, I won't even comment on what I was, what's going through my mind, I won't say that. But um, And they play the video, and the video quality is so appalling, isn't it? But, yeah, and then, bearing in mind, right, this was in 2004, so we did have DVD. Yeah, I can only, the video, that I can only assume this video, he might have recorded it in the 90s, in the case, maybe, that someone... He said did. it was a copy, and that's, he said yeah. it was a copy of the original tape, and that's yeah. why it was so bad. But I've copied tapes before, and given the fact that, like a good old Memorex, you know, mm. um, yeah, but given the fact that it's an, it's an okay quality tape you've copied from, the only thing that really distorts is the picture's maybe not as sharp, mm. but you don't get lines like that. I mean, that's a screwed up... And it was that line that kind of flicked up every now and then. On the score. On the score side. And when it flicked up, you couldn't really see the score. No. Because the picture creased, and then it kind of came back again. And it was mind-boggling how they allowed that to be a, a perfect score. And, yeah, uh, it was. It was, absolutely. And it made a sham. It, I think it, it was an embarrassment for um, Walter Day. And, and uh, the whole of the Twin Galaxies, for me at that point, stood for nothing. If they were going to adjudicate this and allow this to be the highest score, it would made a sham of it. And you can see it destroyed Steve Weeby, didn't it? And it, his family. It did. It did. It absolutely, absolutely did. And and uh, it's a. Uh, I mean, it shows what a hypocrite Billy Mitchell is because he repeatedly asserts that live scores are the only credible ones, and he says that mm. like two or three times. Yeah, he references if Tiger Woods plays on his own and gets a fifty-nine because it's not in front of an audience. Big deal. Yeah. Like it doesn't count. But as you say, he's never plays for an audience. They keep going back to old footage, don't they? They do. And even his wife said. I mean, he has since played live, obviously Billy Mitchell. But yeah. prior to this documentary, when they ask his uh, his wife. Uh, she says no. He's, he's never played live yeah. either, which is not particularly great. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And despite Wimby's protest that his first score was disqualified for being submitted via via a uh, you know unsupervised videotape, Twin Galaxies hypocrit- hypocritically initially accept Mitchell's score over Wimby to proclaim that Mitchell new score makes him the, the record holder once again, which I think's yeah. uh, you know. And you know what annoys me the most? Yeah, he's, he's such a cliche. When they phone him up, he goes, he says something like, you know, you know, home of the champions or something yeah. like that. Yes. Doesn't he? And you're just like, dick! Yeah. yeah. But he, you, bet, yeah, you better get on the internet. I think Walter's got some work to do to put up on that high score. Yeah. And it's interesting that he, um, he says home of the champions even before they've told him. And, because they could be ringing up to say, just to let you know, because the tape's so much shitty quality, they were not going to accept it. He, I mean, he knows. I mean... It could be, I don't know whether, and I always wonder, even in retrospect of watching this, whether it's been, let's say, edited 
to make Billy Mitchell look like such an asshole, okay. or whether yeah. he is that much of an asshole because he comes across. Well, okay, like this that. is the thing. Yeah, I was going to wait for the, for the for the disputed facts, right? However, I want to mention one thing. Gordon has claimed to have painted Billy Mitchell as a. You like this? Gordon, obviously the director, he's claimed to have painted Billy Mitchell as a more light-hearted character than his real-life persona. Concerning the movie, Gordon also claims that Billy Mitchell is so much worse than we painted him out to be. Oh, really? Yeah, but he chose to only include scenes that were necessary to tell the story because the movie would have been darker had he not had he not played with the facts. So he is a complete. He's awesome. even worse then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic then. I don't mind bashing him so much. There so. you go. So, you ha- yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mentioned the other things. You're a bit happier now, are you? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just good to know. I mean, there is no taking away that Billy Mitchell is incredibly good at computer games. He was the first person to kind of get the perfect score on Pac-Man, wasn't he? Yeah. So you can't take it away that Billy Mitchell. It's trying to be impartial, but Billy Mitchell is a natural, amazing talent at computer games, the record he's held. I know, and it's a case of, it always kind of reminds me of, like, for example, when Marcus Schumacher came back to F1. I think Billy Mitchell, all those years over, yeah, I mean, I mean, he has lost his world record, but what does he really have to prove now? He had all those yeah. records at one point. But well, he reclaimed it so many times, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but what does he really have to prove anymore? That's what I'm thinking, you yeah. know what I mean? I don't know why well, he kind of feels. He's not going to get the followers and his little entourage, well, is he? is he? But, but he's still the gamer. He's, he's still this amazing... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. And so, you're right, that completely destroys Steve Wiebe. Yeah. And, he, and he completely forgets about Donkey Kong for a while. Understandably, because it's like... I'm, it's, I don't know. It's almost like you're playing... You're being, you know, in the Football Cup World Final. And despite... You know, not being offside and having good goals. It's disallowed. You said the Football Cup World Final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. what it is. is it? Is it the oh, World Cup Final? That's We won't dwell on that. Carry on. <laughs> no, but it's like your, your goals aren't allowed for no reason whatsoever, for like, bullshit reasons. Yeah. You know? Um, the other team decides whether they're allowed or not. Yeah, Billy, Billy, it was that. You know what I mean? They, 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 you know, they phone out the manager. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, it's, it, but he, you, he's up against a brick wall. That's, what, what, that's yeah. what it must have felt like. Yeah, but, uh, but good kind of comes out of the this kind of breakdown because he then goes uh, and he gets his um, degree in teaching doesn't he he uh, does uh, becomes a teacher yeah so uh, that's the really kind of uh, the upbeat side of it that again he focuses on his teaching he's been doing that for about a year in high school and um, he's got that to focus on yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he seems to be quite a good teacher. They seem to like him and they yeah. interview the people. And nine months later, Weeby learns that Guinness World Records wants to publish several of Twin Galaxies' records, including Mitchell's latest score. Now, Weeby and his family travel to Hollywood, Florida, near Mitchell's home, to challenge him in a public competition. And there's even posters, isn't there? Yeah. Steve Weeby versus Billy Mitchell. They're almost setting it up like a boxing match. They kind of... I forgot what Walter Day says initially. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what he says now, but it, but as you say, he, he's kind of selling like a clash of the titans, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but it's again this. I, I felt so sorry for Steve Weeby on on this front because it leads to to again so much kind of heartbreak and it's it's piss take as well, isn't it, by Billy Mitchell? The fact that he doesn't turn up and and it, uh, Steve Weeby is so obsessed. You can see he's obsessed um, with playing this game and wanting to meet Billy Mitchell. That it does lead like to the restaurant a few really funny scenes that do remind me of the office and that um, Brian Koo or Brian Kerr whatever his name is that um, the, the scene with him is so funny. Special down is uh... oh it's, it's when because um, he they, they play at the um, I can't even remember what it's called now the, the place where they go to but he gets in the Guinness Book of World Records yeah. uh, in, in a, a way it's quite a shame because it's just my default that. 
It's only him that turns up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Billy Mitchell, Billy Mitchell doesn't, and, and obviously all around this, Billy's trying to beat his score. Unfortunately, you know, to cut the long story short, he's not successful. But you know, they, they all go out to dinner. They, they, you know, all his mates and they're waiting for Billy. It's at Billy's restaurant. Yeah. And Brian, Brian and uh, obviously no, and Steve Weeby turns up with one of his mates. This is hilarious, isn't yeah. it? Sit down, and then and then what is it? Brian Coo, whatever, is on is on the phone. No, no, it's Todd, his mate. He's on the, one of one of one of his freaking followers. Anyway, yeah, is on the phone, and he goes, "Billy, yeah, yeah, he's here. He's he's coming uninvited to a bloody restaurant. You don't need to be invited yeah. to a restaurant. I know it's your own restaurant, yeah, yeah. but it's a bit. Like, if the harvester said we're only doing invites, then shut down pretty quick, wouldn't yeah. they? I mean, uh, God. Right. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, well, Steve Weeby's turned up." Um, he didn't turn up with me. I confirm he didn't come in here with me. <laughs> As if like, he's going to get told off or punished for some reason. The fact he had to confirm it and repeat, he didn't come in here with me. It's purely on his own. And he came in with um, Walter Day, didn't he? No, it wasn't Walter Day. It was somebody oh, else. It? No, no. no it was I, I forgot it was who it was. I don't think it was. It was but somebody it's else. It's so but... funny that he told him, yeah, he's in here. I didn't invite him. Just so you know, I didn't <laughs> invite him, okay? To confirm that, but it's pathetic, isn't it? And, and then you've got Billy's car because it, it says oh. obviously, yeah, driving past, yeah. <laughs> driving past. Oh. He's like, I'm not going to go to because I'm pretty sure it was his own restaurant, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I'm not going to go now to my own restaurant. Yeah. Get a life, seriously, man. I mean, come on, yeah. it's ridiculous. I, know, I like that. that. I had more respect for Ivan Drago, despite killing <laughs> Apollo, than I did bloody Billy Mitchell come the end of this film. But, but it is one up for Steve Weeby on that one. Well, fair play. You go into his restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because he... Now, I know, somehow, Steve Weeby, I think, might have got on with Billy Mitchell a bit better than the documentary portrayed, because he did have his telephone number. Yeah. And he did try phoning up and leaving, leaving a message. Fair play, fair play to him mm. for that. But yeah, but the fact that Billy Mitchell, he did not... He didn't turn up... Um, I mean, Mitchell refuses to accept the challenge by not turning up, uh, and Weeby fails to surpass a million points. Nevertheless, Day, on behalf of Twin Galaxies, finally acknowledges Weeby's integrity and credibility and apologises for how Weeby was treated. Because mm. I think Walter Day basically realises how bad B- Billy Mitchell was, and yeah. obviously Todd, his friend, um, they're interviewing Billy Mitchell, mm. they're sitting down, and about, they're talking about Steve Weeby as a standout guy, doesn't he? He's made yes. Yeah. You, you know, he's, he's, he's a top bloke. He's kind of like, I think he realises that poor old Steve has taken all this crap. Mm. But what do you think brings that um, kind of a change of mind? Do you think it's because now they're affiliated with the Guinness Book of World Records, which is known Oh, I never really thought world. about that. It could be, to try, and, to try and save face. Yeah, to try and save face, because everything's now being recorded, and it's kind of not, in a way, not really being adjudicated by them so much, is it? So, no. And I, and I think to say, I felt to save face, that um, it's either to save face... Or he just realised that he had an epiphany that Billy Mitchell was actually a complete dick. It may well be. It may, because he realised it's also a documentary, it may well be a bit of both. Because when they spanned the Billy, he goes, I can't comment, I don't even know the guy. Yeah. yeah. But it's a bit like, you can't comment. Now, with Ben, we don't know when exactly this is filmed. Mm. But if it was filmed after even the first event, that's for a fun spot, right. right? I don't even know the guy. It's not like he didn't have a chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. you are... A douchebag, anyway. Yeah. I got the impression it was around like 2008 or something like that. Well, I mean, the, the film came out in 2008, I think, uh, the DVD. The film, the film was, uh, I think, uh, oh, released in 2007, the yeah. film was released, yeah. A lot of so, footage is 2006, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know, I mean, because you've got that one scene where, obviously, you've got Steve Webby playing, and Billy Mitchell walks past, and Steve even says, Hello, Billy, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. And he goes, there's some people I don't want to talk to here. Yeah. In quite clearly the earshot. Oh yeah. Uh, um, now, interestingly, Billy Billy has stated no. 
Steve and I did talk to each other, and the director has apparently said no, they didn't. No, they didn't talk to each other on that particular day, which is quite interesting. But well, the kind of footage doesn't stop; they show it from a distance, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And and obviously, you've got Billy. I think doesn't he refer to his wife as a trophy? Yes, as yeah. well. And she is really a trophy. I mean, she's nothing special, but he is punching. Uh, no, no, no. Way. He is punching above his weight. I mean, you can tell that she may have been, for example, like the hot girl at school, maybe at one point, yeah. potentially, yeah, or whatever. You know, but, you know. Yeah, but he's, he just looks a cliche of himself, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, but he's walking around there like he's King Muck or Lord Muck or something, isn't he? Yeah. The way he's walking around, like, the arcade and doesn't even, he do, you know, doesn't does not even play. Yeah. I mean, it, there, there's been so many good quotes from this film, really. Yeah. Most of them are from Billy Mitchell, aren't they? But, I mean, it says, I mean, going through, um, I mean, I don't know how kind of factually correct this is, but just, they just say on the 26th of the 7th, um, oh, sorry, yeah, the 26th of July 2007, on the 25th anniversary of Mitchell's first world record setting performance, um, he retook the Donkey Kong world record of a score of um, 1 million and 50. Uh, 200. And then that was surpassed. Cause it's inter- that's why I don't know how factually correct this is, because it's, well, it- it's different on um, Weebies. Page. Yeah, I've, I've got here world record stats since the film was released on July thirteenth. Instead of yeah, you got it here. Uh, Mitchell uh, scored one hundred and five uh, one million fifty thousand two uh, two hundred. Inspired to attempt uh, the record because of the, the new movie, The King of Kong was crowned. Who got um, one million fifty two hundred? Uh, according to Wiki, it's Billy uh, Billy Mitchell. Yeah, he retook the yeah Don Kong record. Then it says that was surpassed on February twenty sixth, two thousand and ten, by Hank Chen. Um, it was a temporary record holder, Donkey Kong, and it says Mitchell reclaimed it back again. In 2010. Yeah, in 2010. And then um, Steve Wiebe once again took it. Um, in uh, September 2010. Yeah, then Chen retook that back again. Um, then it's improved four times over the next two years, setting the final record um, at 1,138,000. And then... Uh, some guy called uh, Robbie Lakeman broke Fuck them all. Pardon my language, record. <laughs> yeah, of one million hundred forty-one thousand eight hundred. I mean, they are incredible scores, aren't they? They are. Yeah, considering Brian Kerr couldn't get above even yeah. get even half that. Yeah. Did you hear that, Brian? <laughs> um, <laughs> Brian, you prodigy wannabe. Absolutely. Now, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, there's a, there's a few things in this film uh, that that. Uh, our question. For example, on August the 17th, 2000, a guy called Tim Shisby, uh, I probably got the last name, he reached a high score of 879,200 points. Now, this accomplishment, it was recorded on videotape and it would have broken Billy Mitchell's initial record. However, in response, um, the film's producers claim that Tim Shisby's uh, consistently disputed record was impossible to verify and did not merit inclusion in the film. Oh, really? Apparently, yeah. Now, Steve Wiebe actually held the score record for almost three years, and when his videotape score of 1,006,600 points was rejected, mm. the record actually reverted to Wiebe's own previous record in 2003. It did not revert to Billy Mitchell's 1982 score, as implied by the film. However, there is evidence that Wiebe's 2003 score was reclassified to a different category months after its submission, leaving the earlier record in place. 
And then the final thing, Mitchell's videotape record were sent to fun spot sent to the fun spot event was actually discarded after the event and Walter Day apologised for the mistake of approving this videotape without the benefit of a complete verification process. The score reverted back to uh, Weeby's score achieved at Funspot. See, that's great in hindsight, but at the time that destroyed Weeby because of Twin Galaxies. I think everyone was caught up in the moment back then, weren't they? They were, they were. were All of Billy Mitchell's followers. It was like all his followers versus Steve Weeby. I mean, I thought, and to be honest, big credit here to the kids. For example, you know, and especially his wife. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she obviously knew. She kind of like was like, well, he's going to do it, so I might as well support him. Yeah. Because of the way he, you know, just the way my husband is. Yeah. And she did, didn't she? And uh, I felt I actually had a tear to my eye the first time I watched it when she started to cry, saying everything. You know, you know, he's done. This will be the first thing, and they're trying to the way they're yeah. trying to do it, but it means so much to him. Yeah. And then she started to get tearful on how unfair the whole situation was. Yeah. Now I know it's only for some people will say it's only Donkey Kong, but. No, no, I know I'm going to exaggerate, but let's be honest, no human being should be treated like that. I mean, the way he was no, when, he's trying to get, when he's trying to get a score. Yeah, and it, it, it was only Donkey Kong, but it was this man's life. It was his obsession, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, for, I mean, definitely his life for a few years. Yeah. Bearing, bearing in mind the uh, nine-month break. Um, and he's a good guy as well. That's the thing. He was a really, he is a decent guy. Uh, and you kind of really felt the heartache with him, didn't you? You did. I, I felt the heartache with him. Yeah, and because it was so kind of overtly biased, it did wind you up. It wound me up. I, mean, I was so getting much. so angry at Billy Mitchell and his friend. Yeah. And when I watch it again, just to... Gonna get, there's going to be a kill screen. There's going to be a kill screen, yeah? yeah? It just annoys me so much. I don't know why. Well, I, I do know why. But it, it shouldn't yeah. annoy me as much as it does, yeah. to be honest. But and, it, I, and I can understand... Um, I can understand to a certain extent Steve Weeby's frustrations when playing the game, but... He was really calm, wasn't he? Yeah. Even when he lost and he was only getting scores, which is low for him of 400,000 or 300,000. Absolutely. But when I play Call of Duty, I rage quit. Oh, no, I never. See, when I'm playing Death, I never quit. Uh, I've got to do it for the team. I've got to finish. No, I'll play Team Deathmatch and uh, I'll spawn. I'll get kill spawns, but I'll spawn in front of someone. And I think, what enjoyment are I getting out of playing this at the moment? I'm getting nothing. So I'll just rage quit. Think you rage quit. Yeah, yeah. I, I just can't stand it. I have had people when I'm playing my Pokemon game rage quit. Yeah, you're about to win and they rage quit. Yeah, I mean, I'll do that in team deathmatch. If it's a one on one, I wouldn't do that. But, um, but in team deathmatch, it doesn't matter. I mean, on Battlefield Hardline, you've got right. sixty against sixty. So it, me dropping out, killing no one makes no difference. It just means and you're quickly replaced by someone else that comes in half. Yeah, the game it just like means that. someone else won't be able to shoot me three hundred times. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I just thought this whole documentary was really, really interesting. And it was. I, no, absolutely it was. And I, I don't know if it's because I am a gamer and I'm a generation of going playing those um, coin-op machines and really enjoying them. And I think it's, I think, I think it might be um, Walter Day says it, that this ga- the, these kind of games are, are the best games in the world because they are so simple. And the objectives are so simple as well. Yeah. Um, such as like Space Invaders and Defender and Pac-Man and things like that. They are such simple games, but they are so addictive and it is an obsession. It, it is, but, uh, and they're all about scores. And even in today's games, you, you look at, for example, you get the most kills or yeah. your, your kill-death your kill ratio, which is still a fairly simple way of scoring, isn't mm. it? Um, for example, like in things like Project Cars and any racing games, yeah, either to win, you get the most wins, or the other thing is a lot of people, you get, you know... 
uh, credit of having the quickest time on a certain yeah. track as well. Yeah. You, you know, and, and, you, and you will have these league tables. So, so, yeah, I mean, it does carry on. But, yeah, you're right, these games are simple. There's not... To, I mean... Um, Donkey Kong was it was funny enough the history of Donkey Kong it was initially I think they had like Missile Command or there was some weird space space yeah, shooter that Nintendo commands. made yeah I had Missile yeah. Command yeah well, I don't think it was called Missile Command it was something else and it wasn't it was made by obviously you know I, th- I think Nintendo mm. and it wasn't doing very very well so but to these people um, it appears that, that it's an obsession you know what I mean whereas if I buy I'm a different kind of gamer being a casual gamer. When yeah. I buy these games, it's um, for entertainment. Not yeah, obsession. for entertainment, and it's uh, it's for a kind of just a change of a change of lifestyle. Is you know, I'll play it, and today I'm going to play. I'm going to be a SWAT, and I can do it. And you get into the character role, and it, it it's kind of more fun. It just draws you in, doesn't it? But with these people. They want to get. They want to be the best. Yeah, it's just about a league table. Yeah, but it, I think it, it is. I mean, when I've when I've gone, I can only. I'm no, nowhere near the talent of any of these people. But when I've gone, for example, like, modest. But when I've gone, for example, on Project Cars on on the PS4, at one point I was, uh, I'd got quite obsessed with it for like a whole evening, and it's yeah. nothing like the time these people are. But I ended up becoming being like third best, I think, in GT3 category yeah. around the world at Donington. Like in the whole world on the Donington yeah, track. Yeah, me on Facebook. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like a picture, which I was quite proud of. I can kind of, so I can kind of understand well, how it can be quite easily, people can be obsessed. And mm. to the point where we've all played games where, uh, um, and where you're trying to get to the level. And you imagine trying to get high school, you think, oh, just one more time, I nearly got it then. Mm. That's the reason why. And it can be quite addictive. It, it, yeah, it is an obsession and it is an addiction. But I think, like everything controlled and maintained, then there's nothing wrong with it. No. No, yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, slightly different, but things like, for example, World of Warcraft and stuff, and even Championship Manager, you've mm. seen, has, uh, has been the start of divorces, yes. hasn't it? You know, and, uh, but, and people becoming a bit too obsessed yeah. with, obviously, computer games. And it is, I don't want to say a drug, but, it, but it, it, there, is, there is obviously an addiction there, like, like gambling and like, like other things. I mean, because I think TV can become, a, you know, an, an addiction. You're watching about, you get obsessed mm. with five or six shows, and that's your whole evening for the night, for yeah. example, you know? So yeah, yeah, but the, there is there is obviously that that addiction there. So yeah, all in all, it was a brilliant documentary. It was, it was. I was going to say, do, yeah, what happened with Donkey Kong? I mean, Nintendo had this. I don't think it was Missile Command. It was this not very good game, particularly game. It didn't sell very well. And Shigeru the Miyamoto, uh, I've probably got that name completely wrong. The guy that invented Mario, basically, they uh, he went back and said, let, let me have a look at it, and that's how Donkey Kong came about because of one of their unsuccessful games. He just modified oh, the board. Okay. That's how Donkey Kong came, and obviously we had Jumpman, the guy that jumps, so it was yeah. later, obviously, to become Mario. Yeah. Uh, so, and obviously we have Donkey Kong, where we got now, and Mario, you, you know, obviously still around today. Yeah, yeah my house is full of little fluffy Mario characters. So. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All of the Mario characters. Yes, brilliant. I mean, they've got, uh, coming out on the Wii U, they've actually got a Mario Maker, where you make your own Mario levels. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 which, which uh, I'm going to get for the little one, which is quite interesting. You is, make is it really Mario for levels. the little one? No. <laughs> no, it's not. But, but, but obviously, we're, we've got Battlefield coming out yeah. in 90 something days, I think you mentioned. So there's a countdown. Yeah, we've ordered already. Cannot wait to get that. That's a, and I, I'm, sure they'll, I'm sure we'll maybe one week talk about that, and that'll be it we'll yeah. talk about, yes. I imagine. Yeah, I'll be more than happy to uh, do a podcast we'll do, the, the, review we'll on the game realcast, right? Yeah, now, on Battlefield. Yeah, that'll be absolutely fantastic. But, but, but there you go. So that's a documentary. Best bit, worst bit. Uh, points. Points. Uh, I think it's very hard on the films to do the best bit, worst bit. I enjoyed 
I just, I just really enjoyed the experience. I found the whole thing very addictive to watch and compelling. It was just really interesting. Did you think it would be that addictive to watch when, when you started to watch it? What, what, no, what was I your didn't thought? Know. When you said, because uh, you came to me, you, you suggested The King of Kong. Yeah. After, you know, I said, let's watch it because Graham can't make it. Yeah. So we're not doing the transporter too. What did you think then, just when you started to press play? What was, what was going through your well, head? I, kind of, I mean, luckily enough, I found the whole movie on YouTube, which was fantastic. Is, unfortunately, for some, yeah, it is on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't know what to expect. I didn't know whether it was about just two different guys who kept going to these different contests. Yeah. Like when we were at Comic Con. Um, when they had the uh, Mortal Kombat. Yes. And uh, whether it was like that, I didn't realise that like the story behind it with regards to Twin Galaxies. Yeah. And the, the fact that they'd be adults as well. I didn't expect them to be kind of adults with families and Good use of music as well. Like best, yeah, of the be- uh, best around, I mean, that's oh, all Oh, yeah. When I played that, uh, the, my little one, he come up, he started singing it. It's just fantastic. But I thought it was a brilliant documentary. I thought it was just so, so good. I'd recommend it to everyone to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Whether you're into gaming or not, just to see how corrupt these people are, how stupid these people look and make themselves look. Um, And the fact that in the end... Um, like the good guy wins yes we did mention that right at the end of the film the best bit about the film is I love that um, no, no where is it he could, he could, uh, Weeby achieved the world record attempt doesn't he mm. and basically it ends the film on a happy note look at that I got it you know so many months later yeah. what a lovely way to end the film yeah and being a complete geek in that I even tweeted Steve Weeby and uh, just watched it oh and, uh, look at that good guy won in the end so the good guy won in the end yeah which was brilliant but no it was great I I mean, I'd give it kind of four out of five. Brilliant. Four okay, and a yeah. half out of five. Yeah, I'm getting it, yeah. Um, there, yeah, I, there really wasn't a worse bit. I mean, it's really hard, as I was saying, as I think we discussed before the podcast, to decide on a point of a documentary. Is it how entertaining is it? Is it how well they got their facts right? Now, I know they left a few things out, yeah, um, but I think, as we said, if they actually put those things in, as a, as a movie, it wouldn't have been as, as enjoyable to watch because you had a very simple but... but you know, a very watchable and addicting storyline there between the good guy and the bad guy, yeah. essentially. You know, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it, I think you're right, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5, and it's really hard. There was no slow bits, because it introduced you into the world yeah. very nicely, introduced you to the characters, and kind of, like, went on from there. Yeah, I think it was nice as well that it's a world I knew nothing about. No, no nor did I. I, I. I had no idea... When I've got when I've heard about Street Fighter two tournaments or things like that, but no idea about there was this old eighties coin up world. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I kind of it's maybe going to look at different computer games you to gonna... see what kind of records people are setting and see what scores they get, especially ones that I've played. I mean, I'm I'm such a casual gamer. I mean, I love playing online. I mean, tonight we'll play Project Cars online. We put yes, absolutely, uh, with Alex as well. So that's kind of as far as it goes. But to see these people play for two and a half hours as an obsession and it is their kind of profession I mean obviously apart from his kind of sources and everything like that Billy Mitchell did really really well off the back of, of being did. the world record holder for 20 odd years didn't he yeah so I mean, it's just I found that fascinating and a really insight into the world of gaming which I really didn't know existed no no no, no nothing like this so. yeah when I mean, the first documentary I thought it was a great choice I really enjoyed it yeah quite an easy documentary but as I said I think anyone Anyone can watch it, even if uh, like your other half doesn't like computer games. There is a story there, yeah. uh, and it is about like people that you can, like Steve Weeby, you can relate to. 
yes. and his family. You can Billy Mitchell not so much maybe, but no. but there's there's people you can relate to in there. Yeah, which I thought it was great. Which, which is which is brilliant. So next up for us, um, it's either going to be the last of the Star Wars films, or it could be Transport Two, or it could be it just could be anything else. I really don't know. We just get these moments and <laughs> no, take no. it off. It's going to be it's going to be one sorry. of the, it's going to be one one of the goodness knows what. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it, uh, realistically, probably either Transporter Two or the Revenge of the Sith. And then after that, we'll be having a break for a week. Won't yes, we? because um, I'm on holiday. You're on vacation. Vacation, uh, and then we'll be back with uh, something else, which is probably just as strange. There's a few weird films that I'd like to do. Absolutely, so, um, yeah. And we also mentioned maybe doing a bit of James Bond near the time as well. Yes. And then, and then by the time that's all done, it'll be December. It'll be back to what Christmas films we're doing. Well, yeah. And as well as well, I think we'll be reviewing Star Wars when it comes out. Definitely. Possibly Star Wars the Christmas edition, because even if it lasts half an hour, that's going to... That's awful. Yeah, that's <laughs> awful. But no, it's been great. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And uh, you've noticed for the second podcast running, the language... It's been a kind of a... I think there's a couple of Fs, but that's it. There's a couple of Fs, but yeah, it's not been as bad. There's not been any kind of rage. I haven't need to... No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, it's been no, great. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed listening. Visit the website. Uh, thanks for following us. It's amazing how many followers we're getting and how many people are downloading this podcast. So um, if you like what we're doing, let us know. And if there's any films you want us to review, uh, whatever they are, whatever kind of genre they are, we'll try and find them and uh, we'll do them. And uh, it's been great, so uh, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. There'll always be the argument that video games are meant to be played for fun. Believe me, some of it's a lot of fun. Video games are meant to be played at home, relaxing, on a couch, amongst friends. And they are, and that's fun. But competitive gaming, when you want to attach your name to a world record, when you want your name written into history, you have to pay the price. Since I so-called debuted on the scene at Life magazine in 1982, there hasn't been anybody who's played even close. When Billy Mitchell walks into an arcade, you know, everything stops. There's electricity around Billy Mitchell. Everybody wants to crowd around him. Everybody wants to see him. You know, everything about him is, is, is perfect. You know, Billy is just that person, you know, he wants to represent. If you could hack into the machine and program it to play itself, you couldn't even program it that well. There's a glamour to Billy. There's a specialist to Billy. He was the first. He was the first great, great player. The fact of the matter is, Bill is the best classic arcade gamer of our era. I had somebody draw an analogy for me once that I always remembered. The top French pilot in World War I shot down 24 enemy planes. The top American pilot, you don't know his name, do you? Nobody does. But it's Eddie Rickenbacker. Shot down 26 enemy planes. The German ace, the Red Baron, everyone know, knows who the Red Baron is. That's because he shot down 87 enemy planes. I mean, he was the best. There's just, there's a level of difference between people. And it translates into some games. On my phone, it says, never surrender. The worst thing that could happen would be to give somebody the credibility of a score that doesn't deserve it. But even far worse than that would be to d deny somebody the credibility when they deserved it. If I'm not there, I don't know. No matter what I say, it draws controversy. It's sort of like the abortion issue. If you're for it, you're a son of a gun. If you're against it, you're a son of a gun. Uh, I'm not God. I don't have all the answers. 
so I have to be careful how I share my opinions. brought you to Qbert, you dedicated time to it, you said you'd give up some of your other vices in order to practice, we're not going to lose, we're not going to be disappointed, we're going there to win, but I have one project, one thing far more important, what I need you to deliver, is this, this is a score that they've wanted to see for a long time and I've held it for all too long, you give it to Robert or you give it to Walter, you can lose your luggage, don't lose the tape. Okay. I'm doing it just for the fun of it. When I do an actual score, I'll do it in person. He's a very devious person. He works things out to his end very well. <laughs> Brian Koo is there. He knows everything to do with the tape. He knows to guard the tape with his life. I explained to him he could lose his life, but don't lose the tape. Oh, and look at that. And with the bonus, we have the first million-point game of Donkey Kong. And the score... And the score reads zero, six zeros all the way across. Not even Helen of Troy had that much, much attention. It's kind of ironic that he went, he was the guy that pushed for live scores all the time. And now here I am at Fun Spot, busting my ass to get a live score, and he just submits tape scores now and then hits the record. World Record Headquarters can I help you. Work is for people who can't play video games. Billy Mitchell. That's right. Excuse me, guy. I got a celebrity in the car here. Can I cut in front of you? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was here. Yeah, but is there any percent you know, the title of this thing? It's too big. Not too big. Well, he's not prepped. Not prepped. But he knew it was coming. He could have prepped. Well, maybe they'd like it if I lose. I got to try losing sometime. Does this have my name on the back or something? What does it say? It says, you have a yearning for perfection. He's got a plan, so when he comes out, because Billy is Billy, you know, and he's going to come out with a bang. Well, Billy Mitchell always has a plan. <laughs> it's annoying when somebody's ahead of you. you know, when you're not the lead dog, the view doesn't change. And I always wanted the view, so... Video games are meant to be played in a competitive environment, under pressure, organized, where you have to perform literally on demand. Um, have you ever seen your husband compete head-to-head -head in video games? Never. Never. And when you do that, you have far more credibility than someone who says, oh, I did that last week. No matter how good you play tennis, no matter how good you play golf, if you don't play when you have to play, if you don't play when the pressure's on, you're really not good enough.